Welcome to Parenting Matters. My name is Dr. Gloria Morgan, and I do want to let you know that education is in my DNA. As you know, for those of you who have been listening sequentially, for the last few weeks, I have been talking about challenges that our children face. And today I'm going to be talking to um, a gentleman who is a father, and he will talk about some of the initiatives and activities he does, as well as share some insight into how we as parents can be a part of our child's development in areas of activities, whether community, home-based, whatever it may be. He is a gentleman that will introduce himself and he will share what he does. Go ahead, Rye, and take over. Hi, uh, greetings. Uh, my name is Rasakim A. Hudson. Most people call me Ra for short. Um, I am like uh, Dr. Uh, Morgan. I am father through DNA and DNA all the way through. Uh, it's, it's what I live, breathe, and walk, uh, good and bad. Um, most people who know me, they know me as Father Torch. And, and those who know what Father Torch is, enough respect and big up. Um, what that stands for, um, Fathers of the Highest Authority, Teaching of Roots and Culture and Heritage. Um, yes, glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that introductory, Ra. Uh, why? Why is it important for fathers as a parent to be involved in the life of their child? Well, it's, it's important in so many levels, but I will simplify it. Fathers are important and to be in a children's life, and this is based off lived experience and as well as the knowledge and textbook, um, that fathers are ordained authority when it comes to the fulfillment and development and, and cognitive behavior and, and, and emotional stability in a child's life. They are being tasked tasked with that authority to take what is pain to them. You know, their growing pains, things they have strived through, their traumas, and instill the foundation of right versus wrong within their child, especially through their adolescence. Um, fatherhood is important and imperative in the child's life because it gives them a sense of balance of who they are, where they come from, um, self-control, discipline, uh, you know, again, cognitive development as well as mental and emotional stability and, and development. Okay. I definitely see the value in what you have shared, and I'm hoping my listeners do as well. You currently have a podcast and you have a website. Uh, can you talk to us about what that is all about? Yes, so the podcast, fathertorch.com, is, uh, is a representation of fathers who are struggling, who are coping, who are regaining their strength and powers in their fathering or parenting. And it, it speaks on, you know, the various uh, well-being of self, that they can better be better prepared to how to handle uh, another part of themselves, which would be the children. And we mm -hmm. speak the truth. And I keep saying we because it's not just me. It's, exactly. it's me. I, I think it was a unit. We come from different perspectives when it comes to financial, mental, physical, emotional uh, uh, aspect of being a father. 
a lot of times, a lot of podcasts and a lot of facilitating hosts or whatever you might name, they want to call them, have a habit of dealing with the I concept when it comes to father. Mm. Father torch comes from comes at um, comes with a, a village mindset because it's a village that raised a child. I come from an era where you know, when 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 a father was about to be blessed with a son or a daughter, it was us who celebrate him. It was we who helped raise them because right. we was able to say, you should go about this way. You was wrong in this way, but how can we support you in that way? We don't have that anymore. So Father Torch is here to remind us that we, especially as men, as father, we can be what we used to be. And then some with all the knowledge and the, and the, the bugs kinked out, the, the, you know, iron out, we can do so much more for our children we just have to re remember who we are and what we can be. And this podcast reminds us how to deal, cope, and, and in the anxieties of fatherhood in today's society. Excellent. Thank you so much. So it's F-A-T-H-A-T-O-R-C-H dot com, correct? Yes. Yes. And I would invite uh, the listeners to please tune in and, and take advantage of that. So... What are the types of activities or events do you engage uh, your children in? Uh, believe, it, believe it or not, uh, it's, it's, it, it varies because, um, you know, as parents, sometimes we like to clump them all in one thing and think that they're all the same, <laughs> but they're not. They may be 50% you, but they have developed their own personality, habits, and even dislikes. Exactly. So something will be familiar. A lot of times... For example, with my daughter, uh, I challenge her intellectually, um, not so much emotionally, intellectually, because I want her to understand from a logical sense what she's actually feeling. Because when it comes to the emotions, believe it or not, she mastered that. Right? She knows how to manipulate. She knows how to pull the heartstrings, but she also knows how to be a sweetheart. And she knows how to you know, articulate or feel, know what she's feeling, even when she cannot 100% identify it. What I do is challenge her logically and intellectually to see things from a broader spectrum versus just my own, own, own you know, tunnel vision. And especially going through adolescence to young adulthood, believe it or not, it's a part one, part two, when it comes to those kind of concepts. So what I do with her is that I talk to her and I would randomly just come up with a subject, something that is not always talked about, but needs to be talked about. For example, okay. for example, I give her example. A lot of parents, even to this day and age, still find it taboo to talk about sex, especially fathers with daughters. I'm going to say especially because you have a lot of them that kind of like, well, I leave it to the mom. And when that happens, then I'll come and talk with her or, or, you know, or him. And it's like, no, you have to talk about the six realms, the six realms where it deals with sexuality. Right. Because we 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 feel two different ways. We, we physically feel in another two different ways and we emotionally right, connect in a different level in another way. So I like to break it down and 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 understand and uh, listen, you know, actively listening to how they respond and what they understand, because a lot, you know, especially with, <laughs> with young ones, they will tell you, "Oh, I like this person," or "I don't like this person," and then they really can't identify, so they develop this pride, arrogant mixture of how to talk about it. But if I break that ice and I talk and I and again. You have to talk to the level of which your child is comfortable because sometimes we can come right. up hard 
But like, no, the birds and the bees is this way. Instead of just saying, tell me what you understand so I can help you better what you understand and how you may understand what this take place. I can like someone mentally, but don't have no sexual attraction to them. I can have, I can, mm -hmm. I can, I can like the energy physically. Like I, I love being around this person, but I'm not attracted to them sexually again. Right. But we don't talk about right. this. We don't, we don't talk about it enough. The other thing is I talk about relationships, especially with my daughter. Mm -hmm. Yes. But with my son as well. I talk about relationships when you are young, a lot of times you make a lot of connections. But understanding that if you don't have a relationship with you, everybody else is going, is going to utilize it but you. right? Everybody take advantage of it. And you're not going to realize it until it's all deplenish or low enough that you cannot recognize you. And I just don't understand. And I explain that to the degree that when you pour into someone else, you leave yourself empty. And when you're young, you are rich and vibrant. And there's nothing worse and more betraying than you give your heart to someone and they step on it, not understanding the value of it. And you take that as a lifelong scar trauma and now you hate everybody. So yeah. versus waiting till that happen, we talk on it and we make it such a norm that when we do talk about it, it's not, oh dad, you, you, you know, you're talking about this and I don't want, you know, no. I talk about it so it's normalized with you and that you're well, well aware of what is taking place. You don't want them to feel like it's a foreign topic. It's something that can be talked about Yes. It sounds like on a daily basis or whenever they're comfortable or whenever you throw a topic at them. Um, it's, it's most definitely. It's most definitely. Yes. The other thing, the other thing is mm -hmm. that I, believe it or not, I, I do a, it's not really a date night, but I do a thing where there's a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, right? There's a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. And the one-on-one -on -one will allow them to blow off steam, if you will. Okay. We all we all understand the pressures of being a teen or being a young person in in a double standard world, and if we don't give them an outlet, mm -hmm. the outlet they go search out there is not going to have mercy, kindness. It's not going to be truthful or a hundred percent utterly truthful to what they are going experiencing. The first thing they're going to do is compare it to theirs, and if it seems like it's better, they're going to mislead them. And if it seems like they can benefit from it, they're going to mislead them. One way or the other, they're going to do this. So versus waiting to that happen. I get I I I I do this at least twice a month. I give them an opportunity to blow off steam. They can come and say things of such a nature like, "Dad, I didn't like how you, you know, you disciplined me or reprimand me for something I did I didn't do or I didn't understand and you didn't hear me." Mm -hmm. And then I give them opportunity to let that out and then let them know where I'm coming from. Even though I done this at that time, it's good to okay. it's good to follow up because, believe it or not, with children they hold grudges. Yeah, and they hold them for a lifetime for some. Oh yes, they hold, and trust me, they and they bring about. They always bring up in the most oddest time for you at least. You know, y'all could be eating dinner. I was like, yeah. So you remember when you hit me, and and you didn't explain yourself. Like, wait a minute, we was having a good time. What happened? Right? <laughs> what happened? All because it's still circling in their mind, and right. they're still in feelings about it. Right. Okay. So if there's anything that you have experienced personally as uh, as a child or either as a parent that you think uh, or that you would like to share that was beneficial to you, and whether with your father or mother or even with your children. What I guess I'm coming down to, what's the greatest thing that you've experienced 
that you know has made an impact either on your life or on the lives of your children? For me, for me personally, my greatest impact is witnessing in their births and their development as they grow. Okay. I, I call it once upon a time when I was dad, right? You know, you get big, they, they don't know you anymore. But <laughs> I call it once upon a time when you died because you got to see yourself before all the corruption and the double standard of this world. And that is my greatest moment. However, that turns sour after a while because of relationships, um, uh, mistakes, and as well as learning, you know, learning lessons that often sometimes can seem unforgiving because the fact is there's a lot of misunderstandings. Um, being a father of nine and being a father, you know, girl and boy, um, it could be trying because there's a lot of misunderstandings, like I mentioned before, but it's also purpose, purposeful um, and deliberate spitefulness in that, in that um, growth. Yeah. I was able... I was able to um, I was able to redeem a lot of things in my life as a learning curve, and unfortunately, unfortunately, um, that also came with a price of some bitterness and some sour, along with some sweets. But I've learned that basically life goes on, and 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 that all you can do in that regard is that you must live up to who you are and what you are as a man and as a father, and that you will always love your children. And I understand your children right. have, have other influences other than you. So that comes right. with the good and bad with that. And understanding that you are not bad, or I should say a bad father, if you don't give up. If you don't give up. If When I say don't give up, I mean, if you don't give up on the fact that you will always be their father, you will, you will always be their father through their good and bad, whether they are there, whether they want to talk to you, whether they... They they only need to you or they in your shadow. The thing is, you are you are considered bad. And this is my book. You're considered bad once you give up that title. Even though physically or emotionally, whatever you want to call that distance, you really don't, you really can't give up the title. But once you deny that title and deny mm -hmm. the fact that you can you can always be there, regardless of the situation. Of course, it'd be realistic, you know, it has to be realistic. But regardless of the situation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can, you'll always be dad. You will always well, be the big person. And, and that purposeful, but definitely intentional relationship is so key. It is. And I, um, I personally um, met my own father um, for the first time at age 47 in Jamaica. Wow. And um, I, I have on occasion spoken to people about that experience and what it mm -hmm. meant. And so um, the difference it made in my years after yes. 47, and now I'm a few years removed from that, but mm -hmm. it was something that was necessary and definitely beneficial for me, as well as him. We had written letters and so on. So mm -hmm. I, do, I do value the time you spent with me and I am inviting our listeners to take advantage of tuning in to Father, I'm sorry, Father. Father Torch, yes. <laughs> Torch, F-A-T-H-A-T-O-R-C-H dot com. 
That's yes, where you have please. to go. Thank so you. you, you, yes, you have one last comment. One last comment. Um, mm -hmm. as a as a part B to the question you asked before. The other part to that is that when I did confront my father, I was to in my late in my late forties, and, and this is after my growth, I should say, okay. <laughs> after my growth in my own living, lived experience and living growing pains that I've, um, I was able to confront my father, not in a disrespectful manner or uh, vicious manner, but mm -hmm. to speak on a level from a father to another father. Right. And I had to, first I had to, first I had to apologize to him. I apologized to him, not because I did him wrong, Mm -hmm. But because of the thought that I carried, yeah. the emotions that I carried, the anger that I carried, mm -hmm. and I, I just I explained to him that I now know the pressures and pain and joy of being a father myself, and understanding, and overstanding too, that mm -hmm. this comes with a bittersweet, right? And I understand the demons that he had to fight, and the demons that, you know, eventually won at one time. And you know, it, it resulted in him walking out my life. But I had to think truly, honestly, if he was around me, still fighting those demons, what person or what could I be or become? Right. Would I be the man that I am now? Or would I be would I be wise or even considerate as I am now? Or would I be worse or even more than I anticipated to be? And his answer was, "I love you and." I'm sorry I took I took your father from you. And he didn't know what else to say after that because I understanding about Jimmy Kaman is very proud. And and that uh, was a lot for him to say. Yes, it was. It was a it was a mouthful for him. Yeah. So to save face and and to save his grace, because it's not my it was not my place or my intent to shame him, but to tell him that I overstand, that I love him, and I understand that, you know, that things happen. And although it didn't feel good, we here now, right? And through the most high, we can move yeah. on, right? We can move on in your remaining time and do yep. and do good. And the funny thing is, yesterday was his birthday. Oh, okay. Yesterday was wow. his birthday. 68 years okay. old. Yesterday was his birthday. Okay. And I text him, you know, text him, you know, my birthday old man, you know? So <laughs> so well, give me I, key. I, I get it. I I think I, I know the listeners are getting it and um I'm understanding and overstanding. I like that. So yes. I am going to um end our time together, but definitely thanking you um and appreciating um your transparency and sharing this with um the listeners. You have been listening to Parenting Matters with Dr. Gloria Morgan on WDKX. The question I have for you is, how is your relationship with your father? And if you are a father, how is your relationship with your children? And for those of you whose fathers are no longer here on earth, I extend to you a hug and Please reflect upon positive memories if you can. Thank you.